we've been working our way through the book of Psalms, and so we're going to continue that today. Uh, We are in Psalm 138, and I'd invite you to turn there if you have a Bible. Uh, If ever you forget your Bible or you don't have one, uh, you can grab one from the round tables on your way in. Uh, And if you don't have a Bible at all, you're very welcome to take uh, that one home with you. Uh, We are going to be in Psalm 138, which is all about the thankfulness of God, but I'd like to begin uh, with a word of prayer. Lord God, we are thankful, thankful for this time, thankful for this opportunity, thankful, God, that as we gather here uh, to hear from you, Lord, we have a great reason to expect that you will speak, a great reason to expect that we will be uh, shaped and and blessed through the reading of your word. Uh, God, I pray for each person here. I pray, Lord, that you would help us to have open ears and open hearts to what you're saying. And Lord, that as a people, as a church, you would continue to build us up through the preaching of your word. Lord, please help me, in spite of my own sin, to be of help. And God, I pray that through this time, we would come to know you more and to come to understand ourselves better. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, there is a teacher that came to my mind as I was preparing for the sermon. In fact, a book uh, that I read a number of years ago that he wrote. Uh, the teacher's name is Ron Clark, and the book is called this, uh, The Essential 55, an award-winning educator's rules for discovering the successful student in every child. He looks like one of those teachers that just pours himself out into everything, and he is. Uh, He is an award-winning teacher. He's been Teacher of the Year in the United States of America. Uh, He's an elementary school teacher, uh, typically teaches grade five. And he has developed uh, 55 rules for life, uh, for classroom life, but also beyond the classroom, that he uses to shape the behavior and character of his students. His rules are very thorough. I'm going to read a few for you. Uh, Here is rule 26. Do not save seats in the lunchroom. If someone wants to sit down, let him or her. Do not try to exclude anyone. We are a family, and we must treat one another with respect. I noticed a few of you saving seats this morning, which (laughs) have that rule. Uh, Rule number three. If anyone in the class wins a game or does something well, we will congratulate that person. Claps will be of at least three seconds in length, with the full part of both hands meeting in a manner that will give the appropriate clap volume. That's, that's the actual rule that he teaches his kids. Uh, but here's rule nine. This is the one that came to mind. Always say thank you when, you when I give you something. If you do not say it within three seconds after receiving the item, I will take it back. <laughs> there is no excuse for not showing appreciation. And in the book, he tells uh, a couple of stories, but one of them is where uh, there's a girl in his class, his fifth grade class, who uh, scored one of the top marks on a socials test, and she won a book set. And she was so excited. She was jumping up and down, going back to her seat. And the other students uh, pointed out that she had not said thank you for this book set. And so Mr. Clark uh, said it broke his heart, but he had to go and take back the set. And you might think that's a little bit harsh for a poor grade five girl. But see, Mr. Clark, he is committed to the belief that thankfulness will be of benefit both to the individual and to the society. And so he sees it as his role to, to foster, to help his students to be thankful, to have a, a consistent pattern of thankfulness and to not forget about it. We see the same emphasis placed on thankfulness uh, throughout the Bible, but especially in the Psalms. Uh, thankfulness to God is mentioned over 45 times in the Psalms, and our Psalm this morning is one in particular. In fact, if you have a Bible in front of you, uh, the title that's been given to the Psalm is, Give Thanks to the Lord. 
And so that's what we're going to do. We're going to examine thankfulness and see what God has for us in this psalm. Uh, So please read uh, along with me or just follow along with me uh, or listen as I read through Psalm 138. This is a psalm of David in which he says, I give you thanks, O Lord, with my whole heart. Before the gods, I sing your praise. I bow down toward your holy temple and give thanks to your name for your steadfast love and your faithfulness. For you have exalted above all things your name and your word. On the day I called, you answered me. My strength of soul you increased. All the kings of the earth shall give you thanks, O Lord, for they have heard the words of your mouth, and they shall sing of the ways of the Lord, for great is the glory of the Lord. For though the Lord is high, he regards the lowly, but the haughty he he knows from afar. Though I walk in the midst of trouble, you preserve my life. You stretch out your hand against the wrath of my enemies, and your right hand delivers me. The Lord will fulfill his purpose for me. Your steadfast love, O Lord, endures forever. Do not forsake the work of your hands. That's God's word to us this morning. And in it, of course, we see a a focus on thankfulness. And we are going to work our way through, as we tend to do in three parts, uh, three points. First, it's right to be thankful. Second, it's a struggle to be thankful. And third, uh, it's a blessing to be thankful. So let's begin with number one. It's right to be thankful. I think we'd all agree that Mr. Clark's rule is a good rule, even if the enforcement of it we think is maybe, maybe a bit much. Uh, this is one of the things you hear parents all over the place in all situations saying this to their kids. Did you remember to say thank you? Whether it's a birthday party or a play date or whatever's going on, this is a universal prompt from parents. And it's because we want our kids to do what is right to respond in thankfulness to a situation where they have been blessed. We all know that it's good and right to say thank you, to be thankful. And we know it's right because really it's an acknowledgement of the blessing that we have received. When we say thank you, it honors the one who have given us something or done something for us, and it highlights our role as a beneficiary of someone else's efforts or energies or generosity. It puts everything in the right perspective. We say, thank you for what you have done for me. Thank you for fixing my car. Man, I I could not have done that without your help. That is such a blessing. Thank you for taking care of my boa constrictor. No one else would do it. Thank you for what you have done. We we appreciate and honor the person who has thanked us, and, and we also recognize it's an act of humility to say, I needed that. I really appreciate that. If we have reason to thank the people in our lives for the way they have helped us, then we have even more reason to thank God. I mean, God has done much more than any other person in this world could do for us, done things that are so much more significant. And we see in the very uh, first verses here that David, he has a heart that is filled with thankfulness. Here are the first uh, two verses. He says, I give you thanks, O Lord, with my whole heart. Before the gods, I sing your praise. I bow down toward your holy temple and give thanks to your name for your steadfast love and your faithfulness, for you have exalted above all things your name and your word. You'll notice there that David is explaining why he's so thankful. Two things in particular, God's steadfast love and his faithfulness. The steadfast love simply means that God consistently and persistently shows love towards us even when we are not lovable. And his faithfulness means that God will always do what he says he will do. And these two things 
come together in a, in a small example that David gives in verse 3. He says, On the day I called, you answered me. Now that may seem like a small thing, but really I think that's the essence of what it means to be loving and faithful. That when someone calls on you, you respond right away. You respond with love and help and whatever you can do. Now we don't know what David was thinking of in particular. I mean, there's many times when God answered his call. Right? It may have been when he was a fleeing King Saul, who was chasing after him. It may have been when he was at war with the Philistines. Uh, it may have been when he was broken in his own sin, and he was seeking forgiveness from God. We, we don't know the specific reason, but what David is saying, and what's very clear, is that God was there for David whenever he needed help, even in those situations where, where David was the one who was to blame. And the image he uses is one that's very familiar to us. He says, when he called on God. Now, for him, that, that would have been a call of prayer. But for us, what comes to mind is, of course, the telephone. Right? The primary means of, of connecting with someone who's far away from us for the last, I don't know, however many decades, the phone is how we do it. And we know that feeling of not being able to get a hold of someone. In the past, it was often because of the limits of technology. Some of us are old enough to remember something called the busy signal where we would call, and we just couldn't get through. It was beeping, and it meant that that, per that phone line was busy. And there was no other way to connect with them. You couldn't text them. You couldn't email them. You couldn't even fax them. There was a time where there was this one line of communication. It was blocked. I mean, it still happens today that we are trying to get a hold of someone, and because of technology, we can't. Sometimes cell reception is not good. Right? We drop a call, something like that. But there are other times when none of that is the problem. The issue is that the person we're trying to connect with doesn't want to talk to us. And we call, and they don't answer. In fact, they decline our call, and we know it, because it rings, and it doesn't keep ringing. It just stops. There was one time when a friend of mine was calling me, Andy Fru from Crossridge. He's the worship guy there. And I was in a meeting, and so I looked down and saw him calling, and so I, I clicked the side of my phone twice. Right? So in his ear, it would have been ring, stop, right away. And so we texted me, like within a few seconds, and he said, oh, you declined my call. He said, you, you knew it was me, and you, you stopped the phone. He could tell that he, he said something like, you rejected me, and he was giving me a hard time. But I think we all know that feeling. We know the feeling of, of calling on someone, whether it's on the phone or simply wanting to have a conversation, and the person that we want to connect with, they... They don't want to connect with us. They don't want to hear what we have to say. They don't want to enter into our problems. They don't want to help us. We know the feeling of someone not being there for us when we need them. And what David is saying is that God is not like that. God is, God is never like that for his people. Each and every time that David called on God for help, he was there. Even in the times when it was David who had turned his back on God. And had been walking in the wrong direction. He was the reason for their separation. As soon as he turned back, God always responded. He was always there with love and faithfulness, ready to help. He was never busy. He was never distracted. He was never caught up in his own deal. He was always ready to extend an open ear. And for David, I mean, his heart welled up with thankfulness. And we can understand why. 
I mean, just think of the access that he had and that all those who call on the name of Jesus now have to the most important and powerful being in the universe. Just think of that ability that we have any moment of the day to simply pause in prayer and we know that God hears us and more than that, that he cares for us. We can understand why David's heart, it, it was heartfelt, his thanksgiving. That's how we respond when we really appreciate what some, someone has done for us. I mean, just think of, there's been so many times in your life when someone has done something and you haven't had to think about it, your natural response was, oh, thank you so much. I really, I really appreciate that. It wasn't artificial, it was heartfelt. For me, this happened very recently. Three weeks ago, the Glezos family was about to embark on a camping vacation. Why? Because we like to do more work when we're on vacation than we do at home. But the thing was, we had downsized our van, right? We had a big behemoth van. We got a smaller van, which was great for driving around, but didn't have the cargo space. So the, the plan was to get a hitch on the van so we could pull a cargo trailer. Go camping was great. I had the appointment set up. I took the van in, and they said, great, leave it with us for a few hours. And I came back, and they put on the wrong size hitch. They put on an inch and a half instead of two inches. And I said, this is, this is not the right hitch. And after some conversation, we found out that it was a little bit of my fault, but mostly their fault <laughs> that there was the wrong hitch. And so I said, look, we're going on Wednesday. We're going away. We, I need this. I have a trailer booked and everything. And she said, she was typing, well, we have the right hitch in stock. But the problem is that the guy installing the hitch, um, he's booked up all day tomorrow, all day Sunday, and he doesn't work Monday and Tuesday. I said, what what are we going to do? I can't, I need the right hitch. She said, well, the only thing is if you come in tomorrow and talk to my manager, maybe he can work something out, you know, manager. So I said, okay. So it was already past closing that I was there. So I I went to bed. I was praying. Lord, I pray that Andre, the manager, would have compassion for us. So I got up early before they even opened. I got there right as they were opening the door and I, I pleaded my case. At first, it didn't look good. Andre was, well, I don't know. They were all booked up. He said, come back at one. And maybe, you know, we'll have God ahead. We'll have time. And so we were all praying, the whole Glezos family praying. I got back there. And at that point, he said, yep, you know what? We got, we got time. Leave it with me. And it was done. Oh, man. When I got there and saw the right hitch on the van, I, I did not have to pretend anything. I didn't have to think about being thankful. I just, I said thank you so many times. Even though it was mostly their fault, I was still very thankful. Because I knew the alternative, which was a lot of hassle and crying kids, and it was, it was going to be horrible. So I appreciated that act naturally because it, it greatly benefited me. And what we need to realize is that we can have, we should have that attitude towards God every day of our lives because he has given us life and breath and he has given us the possibility through Christ of, of heaven to look forward to through his sacrifice. All of that means that we have reason to be thankful. But the truth of the matter is that, that we aren't always thankful. And what we see in scripture is that a lack of thanksgiving is not just impolite. It is in fact part of the essence of sin. Look with me at Romans 1 verses 21 and 22. Here we have Paul talking about uh, the unrighteous. Those who have turned their backs on God are not following in his ways. And look what it says. For although they, that is the unrighteous, although they knew God... They did not honor him as God or give thanks to him, but they became futile in their thinking, and their foolish hearts were darkened. That is a description of one facet of sin, that we take for granted all that God has done, and we don't give any thanksgiving for all that we have. 
It's, it's, we see that it's right to be thankful when we benefit, but we know that it's, it's difficult to do it. And so while our first point, it's, it's right, right to be thankful, um, it's also a struggle to be thankful. Even if we know God, we believe in him, we've, we've committed our life to Christ and we want to follow him, even there, we, it's, it's a challenge. And it's a challenge for some very practical reasons that have to do with just living in this world. So I'm going to go through, I think, uh, a few key reasons why we would struggle with being thankful. Why parents still have to remind their kids, say thank you. And why we often forget to write thank you notes. And why we certainly forget in prayer to turn to God day after day and, and thank him for all that he's done. So here are three reasons why it's a struggle. Number one... Uh, we are self-focused. We tend to be captivated by either our own accomplishments or our own problems. Uh, if you think about your life, it's very uh, natural for us to have a list of all the things that we've done well. If you're a person with a checklist, you've got your checklist right there in your mind. You know all you've done, and you happen to have another checklist for the people in your life and all the ways that they have not done the things that you wanted. That just... In our own sin and selfishness, we tend to see those things very, very clearly. And so what that means is that we, we don't tend to focus on who God is and what he's done. In fact, we very often can't even see the efforts of other people in our lives. Now, now look, it, it's a good thing for us to have a, a real strong will. It's a good thing for us to be responsible, to take initiative, and to, to make sure we get things done. We are a country that has been made by people coming from other countries. Now, unless we have a First Nations background, but, but our grandparents, our great-grandparents probably came here with very little, and they made a life for themselves. And we celebrate that. We celebrate the entrepreneur and the person who sticks to it and gets things done. That's all very well and good. But in that celebration, we should, we should not forget the underlying God-given gifts that we enjoy and that make all of that possible. I mean, the resources that God has put in the natural world for us to reap and benefit from are something that we should be thankful for. All of the, the traits and attributes we have just because of the way our DNA has been wired, that is something that we can thank God for. Any star basketball player that celebrates a big win without thanking God is, is neglecting, is ignoring a huge aspect of his success, which has nothing to do with his practice schedule or his, his hard work ethic. It's the fact that he's six foot seven and he can play basketball because he's really tall. He didn't do that. We all have those things in our life that, that was, has nothing to do with our effort, has everything to do with the gift of God. And yet, we are so focused on ourselves that we miss. We, it's like it's not even there. And so we are not thankful in the way that we should be. Another reason we struggle with thankfulness is that we are often overwhelmed by hardship. I mean, it's difficult to come to the point of being thankful when we are in difficult times. I remember one time listening to a, a morning radio program and they were just, they were playing this clip of this guy and uh, he was a PhD student and uh, he had been working on his PhD dissertation for two years. This was a while ago and, and he, his computer had crashed and he'd lost everything. This was before cloud computing. This was, he didn't have a backup. And he was just, he was screaming into the phone. I don't know where they got this recording, but I remember my heart just breaking for this guy. I mean, his whole life, two years of his life is gone. And his future, whatever career, it's all, 
It's all a mess. Everything is crashing down around him. And, and you just know that, and if he had an opportunity to talk to God, there would be no words of thanksgiving on his heart or his mind because everything that he hoped in was, was breaking. See, the truth is, for those who know Jesus, even in the most difficult times, we have reason to be thankful. But it's really hard to remember what they are. And it's, it's not always helpful when someone comes in in the midst of our pain and tries to point out the silver lining. We don't want to hear it. All we can see is that everything we, we hoped in is gone. And that there's nothing. We, we can't see any reason that we would be thankful. And so we struggle with it. Even though if we were to remove ourselves from that situation and have some objectivity, we'd say, of, of course, there are reasons to be thankful. But man, I, I sure can't see them. I sure don't feel thankful. The third reason I think we struggle uh, to be thankful is, is kind of a combination of the first two. And that is that we, we don't see the big picture. See, when we get wrapped up in ourselves and when the outlook of our lives is very, very bleak, we aren't thankful because we can't see anything to be thankful for. We can't see that God is at work, even though we might believe it because we've read it. We can't see the ways in which God has been at work in the past because we have these, these clouds of darkness kind of around our, our mind and our heart. And so we're in such a difficult state that all we can see are the, the small-scale problems of our lives, but man, they seem huge. We go over and over again, the things that we're trying to fix, the things that are breaking down, and we can't see beyond it. No doubt you've been in that kind of situation where the last thing that you want to do is, is give a prayer of thanksgiving. It's interesting, the, the psalm that comes right before Psalm 38, 138 is 137. And they're sort of a companion set because in Psalm 137, God's people find themselves in exactly this kind of situation. We're not going to read through the whole thing, but I want to read just a passage because what's happened is that the Babylonian empire has taken over God's people. I mean, they, they ransacked Jerusalem. They took everyone captive and brought them back. They're now in exile in Babylon. And look at what they write, what the psalmist writes about their, their mind and their heart and the situation here. This is Psalm 137, verses 1 to 4. It says, By the waters of Babylon, there we sat down and wept when we remembered Zion. That's a Jerusalem. On the willows there, we hung up our lyres. For there our captors required of us songs and our tormentors mirth, saying, Sing us one of the songs of Zion. How shall we sing the Lord's song in a foreign land? See, the Babylonians were saying, You guys got instruments? Come on, play some music. We've heard some of your music before. It'd be great. Entertain us. But for God's people to, to sing songs to the Lord meant worship. It, it meant thanksgiving. And, and they're saying, how can we be thankful when we're thousands of miles from home and when there's no hope of every returning? The last thing they wanted to do was pick up a lyre or to sing. It was very hard for them to see how they could ever be thankful. And the real issue for them was an inability to see the bigger picture of what God was doing. For God had promised them that he would care for his people. He had promised them that he would be faithful. He had shown them his steadfast love many times in the past, but they were in that, that spot, I think you know it, where it just seems like your life is spiraling downward. And when all you can see are the problems and the disappointments and the difficulties, and it's all darkness, there's no light. And in that state, and the last thing you want to do is is try to be thankful. Thankful for what? 
But the amazing thing that we see here in this psalm, and I think we know if we think about it carefully, is that the way to break that cycle of, of, of a downward spiral is to do the very thing that we, we don't feel like doing. It's to mind the depths of our heart and the word to remind ourselves what we have to be thankful for. Because as we, as we begin to be thankful, there's a shift that happens in our heart and in our mind. We begin to see through the dark clouds to remind ourselves of who God is and what he's done. And so the amazing thing is that thankfulness is something that we should do. It's right to do it. But in the act of thankfulness, there actually is blessing that comes into our lives. It's not just that we're reminding ourselves about the things that we should do. It's that as we are thankful, we are blessed. And so that's our third point. Yes, it's right to be thankful. It's, it's I think we know, a struggle to be thankful, but also there is a blessing of being thankful. And so I want to highlight three things, three things I think we find here in this psalm, Psalm 138, that David shows us it, it, the blessings that come with a pattern of thankfulness in our heart and in our life. So let's turn our attention back to verse 2, where we gain a, a proper perspective through thankfulness. Uh, David says this, I bow down toward your holy temple and give thanks to your name for your steadfast love and your faithfulness. For you have exalted above all things your name and your word. And so there David is, he's thanking God because God is revealing himself as both grand and majestic and wonderful. He is exalting himself above everything else in the universe. And David is, is thankful because what it does is it gives him a proper perspective. No longer does he see his problems as large. He begins to recognize, no, God is the one who is, who is massive. God is the one who is grand and powerful. And if that's the case, it must mean that all of my problems are small in comparison. And by small, I don't mean insignificant. But it's rather that, that if God is so big and grand and powerful, then that must mean that he is, he is more powerful than whatever, whatever difficult thing I'm dealing with. That he has the ability to affect change even in places that I can't. I mean, just think of how much time we spend worrying and thinking about things that are beyond our control. And just think of how big those things seem in our mind. We come back to them again and again because the, the, there's no way around them. We try to figure out how we're going to deal with certain situations. We, we try to imagine possibilities. We, we we're in prayer, but really what we're doing is we're, we're trying to figure it out on our own. And we get into despair because we, we can't do it. Maybe it's someone in our life who, who you just know they need a change of heart. And you've tried. You, you've tried to make the case. You've tried to argue. You've tried to do everything you can, but they're resolute in their hardness of heart. What a blessing it is to remember that we serve a God who, who changes hearts, who makes dead people alive, and that his power is far greater than whatever it is that we're dealing with. That, that perspective is one that helps us in the dark times because we are better able to see our way forward. David goes on from that initial verse. Uh, in verses four and five, he kind of imagines a time when, when even all the kings of the world will thank God for who he is. Uh, here's what it says. All the kings of the earth shall give you thanks, O Lord, for they have heard the words of your mouth and they shall sing of the ways of the Lord for great is the glory of the Lord. So again, he's painting this picture of how high and exalted is God. But notice, it's not just that God is powerful and majestic. He's also gracious. 
Verse six, he says, for though the Lord is high, he regards the lowly, but the haughty he knows from afar. See, that's the beautiful thing about God is that even though he is so high and lifted up, he, he cares about us. He cares about every single person in the world and he gives his time and energy and attention to us. I mean, this is how we can have hope in even the most dire situation. When we begin with a prayer of thankfulness, acknowledging the power of God, God, thank you that, that you are above all things. Thank you, Lord, that you have made a promise that you will make all things good in my life. Thank you, Lord, for what you've done in the past. There, I'm, I'm recalibrating my understanding of who God is and who am I. And from that, then I have a hope for the future. Because all of a sudden, the things that I've been worrying about for so long, they, they don't seem as insurmountable. So there is a greater clarity. There is a, a better perspective that comes through the act of thanksgiving. But also, the second thing is that we become bold. We see this in verse 3 that I kind of I jumped over. Uh, this is a great line that David gives. Uh, we've seen the first half of it already. He says, On the day I called, you answered me. But then look, my strength of soul you increased. In the Hebrew, it means literally, you made me bold in my soul with strength. And so what we see there is that because of the activity of God in David's life and because of the, the times that he remembers and is thankful for that, David is, um, he's strengthened. He has greater boldness in his faith, which, which is not exactly what we need when we're in that spiral, that downward, destructive, dark spiral. I mean, there are days when, when we barely have the energy to get out of bed, not because we're sick physically, but because we're sick emotionally or spiritually. We just have no hope. And so it's all we can do to get out of bed and eat some Cheerios, and then we feel like we're exhausted for the day. We have no boldness in our faith, no boldness in our life. We miss every opportunity to be a blessing to the people around us because we, have, we feel like we're a dry well. And yet here we see that when we have a pattern of thankfulness, when we're reminding ourselves of all that God is doing, all of a sudden it's like a shot of adrenaline and our faith is, is increased and encouraged. And all of a sudden we are, we are more willing to step out in faith to trust God in certain situations. Why? Because we know that he's done it in the past and he will do it in the future. We have a boldness that comes not because of our strength, but because of, of who God is and what he's done. It's a light that shines into our dark times simply because we are, we are bringing to mind all the reasons that we have to be thankful. And the third thing, the third blessing that comes through a, a habit, a pattern of thanksgiving, is that we have the strength to persevere. Uh, perseverance is key to a life of faith. It, perseverance is just continuing on in the same direction in life, following the Lord. And David makes clear that it's from a heart of thankfulness that we have the strength to persevere through the difficult times. Because as we are thankful, all of the faithfulness of God is at the forefront of our mind. Uh, look at verses 7 and 8, the last couple of verses of our psalm. David says this, Though I walk in the midst of trouble, you preserve my life. You stretch out your hand against the wrath of my enemies, and your right hand delivers me. The Lord will fulfill his purpose for me. Your steadfast love, O Lord, endures forever. Do not forsake the work of your hands. See, David is not surprised when he goes through difficult times. I mean, he expects it. But he also expects 
that God will preserve him in those times. He's confident that the Lord will be with him. And, and see, this is the beauty of, of thankfulness, of really a, a habit of thankfulness. And I think that word is really helpful for us. To have a habit, a consistent pattern in our lives where we wake up each morning and we naturally are, are thankful. Thank you that I'm alive. Thank you for the, the things that you're doing. As we go through the day, Lord, thank you for this opportunity. Thank you for helping me in that situation. Thank you for that conversation. Everything, big and small, we have a habit of thanking God, even at the end of the day. Thinking of the big picture, the things that God is doing. When we, when we do that, there is, a, there is a strengthening that happens in our soul so that we are prepared for the difficult times. The image that came to my mind is one of those uh, semi-trailers, those flat deck semi-trailers. Uh, I don't know if you've noticed, but there's, there's a difference in the way that they look between when they're loaded and when they're empty. Uh, when they're loaded, they have, you know, big steel beams or whatever. They, they just look flat. Uh, they're just carrying the load, everything's strapped down. But when the load is removed, uh, there's actually a, a curvature to the steel. Have you noticed that? And the reason for it is because it's built to anticipate a greater weight. Right? They've shaped the steel so that the concave, you know, there's a reason for it. I don't know why, but it works so that when there's a greater weight placed on it, it never sags. It's, it's stronger than it appears. That's what happens when you have a pattern of thankfulness in your life. Because you are preloading. All of the, the reasons you have to be thankful are always, they're filling your mind and your heart. And so when you go into difficult times, that's, that's there. You can endure. You can persevere through. You don't fall into doubt. You don't fall into worry because you know that God is with you, it's something you're familiar with. We are shaped through our thankfulness. It's how God shapes us into the image of his son. And it's, it's a habit that brings greater blessing into our lives. We gain a greater perspective. We see ourselves, we see God in the right perspective. We don't get overwhelmed as much. We grow in boldness and we look for those opportunities to step out in faith. And we have greater perseverance through even the most difficult of times. There's a friend of mine um, that struggles with uh, depression at times. And, um, and as I was thinking about this, I, I was reminded that, that he, and I was asking you know, how it was going, and, and he mentioned thankfulness as one of the things that had really helped him. It was kind of a breakthrough moment for him. He said his life was, um, was kind of ups and downs, where there'd be times when he was, uh, felt really lifted up, felt light, felt full of faith, full of th thankfulness to God in a sense, but really he was, just, he was just moving through life, enjoying all that God was doing. But then he would, he would shift into kind of a low time where he would really struggle to remember all the good things that God was doing. And during those times, he said he would, he would really be in prayer. He would, be, would make a concerted effort to pray through them, to really ask God to lift his spirits, ask God to help him endure. And in time, he would, he would come out of it. But the thing that he realized is that after he came out of that dark time, his pattern of prayer would kind of, well, it would lessen. He would take for granted the good times. I mean, he thanked God for, for a moment and, and he went on, but then there'd be this, this period of time where he was just enjoying life. He wasn't growing closer to God. He wasn't filling his mind with the things of God. He was just, oh, so, so relieved not to feel the heaviness. But then when the depression came again, that's when he would, he would go back into prayer. And, and what he realized is that he was, he was missing something. 
And he began to think, you know, what if I was, what if I was pouring into my life the whole way through? What if even during the good times, I was in thankfulness to God, I was in prayer? And so that's what he began to do. As he would come out of the dark times, he would, he would continue that pattern of thankfulness and prayer and really intentionally filling his mind and his heart with all the truths of God through his word. And so he wouldn't just take for granted what God had done. He was, he was always reminding himself that it was because of God's grace that he was enjoying this good time. And what happened, he said, he said the effect was remarkable. As he then shifted into a darker time and to a time where he would be prone to doubt and worry, it's as if he had all of these things right at the tip of his tongue, right, right in the forefront of his mind, the, the attributes of God, the reminders of all that he had done for the past few months, all that he had done in his life. It, it prepared him for the difficult time because in the good times, he was thankful. And see, for us, that pattern of life is, is one that is not only right, it's also a blessing. When we are intentional about our thankfulness, we will in fact walk more closely with God both through the great times and the difficult times. And that's what God wants for us. God wants for us to know him through the, the hard and the easy, through the times where it's, it's easy to celebrate what he's done, but also the times where we have to really lean on him for strength. Because his goal is not a smooth life for us. His goal is a faithful life a righteous life, one where we can, we can know that he is with us the whole way through and that he is the, the source of our strength. Now, you know, in a room like this, it's, it's of course hard to know what we're all going through. We don't know that really the details of each other's life. But I think this text is leading us to examine our own heart, our own pattern of life. And so if you're here this morning and, and you are a Christian, you know you have lots to be thankful for. But the question is, is that a pattern in your life? And what might happen if you put a lot of time and energy and effort into being thankful, both to God and to the people of your life? What might happen if instead of focusing on all the reasons you have to be disappointed with your life and how things aren't where you thought they'd be, how your, your life has taken twists and turns that you didn't expect and maybe didn't want... What if instead of allowing that to fill your mind and your heart, you instead put those things aside and said, Lord, help me to see all the ways that you've worked and blessed me. What if you filled your mind and your heart through the word of God with his faithfulness and his steadfast love? What might change in your attitude, in your enjoyment of life and the peace that you have as you go through even the most difficult times? And if you're here this morning and you aren't yet a Christian, you're thinking about it. You're, you're maybe just here because you've been invited. We're, we're really glad you're here. My question to you is, what might happen if you opened yourself up to the possibility that this world and your life is not just a random arrangement of matter and energy, but rather that there is a God who created you and loves you and wants to lead you into all peace and joy? And what might happen if you began to, to thank him for that? to acknowledge his presence and to look around you and, and, and wonder at the world that he made and all that he has given you. See, we do have a grand and majestic God, one that cares for us deeply and one that wants us to have thanksgiving in our hearts, not just because it's right, but because it's a blessing, because it shapes us and encourages us and, 
and helps us to carry on in a way that will honor him and a way that will bless us. I wanted to end this morning just by reading the first two verses of our psalm one more time. So here they are. David says, I give thanks, I give you thanks, O Lord, with my whole heart. Before the gods I sing your praise. I bow down toward your holy temple and give thanks to your name for your steadfast love and your faithfulness. For you have exalted above all things your name and your word. Let's close in prayer. Lord God, we are thankful for who you are. We're thankful, Lord, for your steadfast love, for your faithfulness. But God, there are times, there may be times right now for some people in this room where it is so very difficult to remember those things, to even appreciate them. God, I pray that you would help each one of us to fill our minds and our hearts with the truth that you have been there every step of the way and you will be in the future. And God, that even in the most darkest pit, we have the ray of Christ into our life, giving us a hope beyond this life into heaven. And the commitment, the, the, the promise that you will be with us every step of the way. God, I pray that we would be encouraged today. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would bring to our mind this week all of these truths. And that when we get into a place where we feel prone to, to doubt or to worry, God, that we would be lifted up. Lord, that in spite of our own sin, you would, you would bring us to the place of acknowledging and being thankful. And, and Lord, that we would be blessed through that. Thank you, Lord, for your word. We pray this all in Jesus' name, amen.